let's put our eggs in this basket and go out into the world and bring this to people that need it. So that was really the moment in our lives where we decided we're not going to go out and walk the typical path. This is The Day That Changed Everything, a podcast series produced by Maine Biz, Maine's business news source. Every two weeks, we will post an interview with a Maine business leader whose life or business was upended in one day and learn how they navigated their way back. If all great change is preceded by chaos, then this podcast series helps us to make sense of the chaos. The Day That Changed Everything is sponsored by Norway Savings Bank and Maine Technology Institute, or MTI. Mainers have an unrivaled work ethic, an endless supply of ideas, a boundless energy to create, and the perseverance to not say it's done until it's done better than it was before. Which is why the Maine Technology Institute was created to support, nurture, and invest in those qualities and make Maine a place where ideas and people can thrive. To see how MTI supports innovation, go to maintechnology.org. That's maintechnology.org. Welcome, Maine Biz listeners, to the Day That Changed Everything podcast. I'm Allison Nason, Marketing and Operations Director for Maine Biz, and today I'm speaking with Patrick Breeding, co-founder and CEO of Marin Skincare. Today, we'll be talking about how Patrick began his business in the day that launched everything. So Patrick, it's great to have you here. Can you start us off and tell our listeners a little bit about you, your background? Certainly. I am not originally from Maine. I'm from Connecticut. I grew up there, came here for biomedical engineering undergrad and at UMaine, stayed here for my master's. And, um, and I'm really excited to stay here and build businesses here. I came to Maine because UMaine had a great scholarship program for bioengineering to bring people in from out of state. And they, they had a great retention program just because Maine's a fantastic place to be and work and live. I really enjoyed biomedical engineering. It was a combination of science, math, physics, chemistry, all the disciplines alchemized into the intention of making tools and new things that help improve people's quality of life through the, the realm of, of biology and medicine. You know, it was particularly, you know, resonated with me, that mission. I'm, I'm in this field because my family has been very, you know, affected by cancer and, and it motivated me to, to, to just help others, you know, to improve people's quality of life. And I really was not the best student. I did not thrive in a structured academic environment. I really felt like I came alive when I was able to work in an undergraduate chemistry lab and in, in a research experience outside of the classroom where I could take all the knowledge that I learned and felt like I could apply it to, to real problems in the real world. And uh, that's when I kind of woke up to, you know, applying knowledge. What's, what, what are all these, what are all these classes I'm taking and why are they useful it's to go out there and, and change the world? And. I thought in undergrad that for me, it was through the realm of research and academia. So I pursued my master's there as well. And during my master's, I got really involved with the, the Foster Center for Student Innovation up there at UMaine. And they turned me on to the concept of being an entrepreneur through some simple questions like, this is a really cool thing you've made. How are you going to bring it into the world and actually change things? And it's like, oh. The business is the vehicle to do that. I understand. So I really, I, I got into entrepreneurship through that lens of how do, how are we actually going to change the world? And had some prior experiences with the medical education startup and learned a lot of things. Went through the Top Gun program, went through Scratchpad, Greenlight Maine, 
wrote the grants to Libra Future Fund and MPI and really did all of the things that a young entrepreneur in Maine would do and, and learned a lot of the lessons that I needed to learn in order to launch and, and successfully grow Marin. So when we were in grad school, my partner in business and in life, Amber and I met Dr. Bob Baer, who was the director of the Lobster Institute. And he was always interested in studying how lobsters have this ability, ability to um, regenerate claws after they just popped them off voluntarily. And it's because of this protein that's just naturally found inside the lobsters and currently a waste byproduct in lobster processing plants. So Bob and, and his team had done some lab research as well as some anecdotal research finding that this could be really helpful in hydrating and repairing the skin barrier, which was very convenient at the time because my partner Amber had very um, debilitating eczema all over her body, but particularly on patches on her face where it was really dry, red, itchy, cracked. And for her to live with it, it was just, it was just painful and embarrassing. You know, I watched her, you know, hide behind scarves, hats, hoodies, just to not show her skin. Um, so she could just go out into the world, but she was constantly distracted. So we were always looking for a solution. So when we met Bob and did some of this introductory research in the lab, you know, everyone just figured, well, well, after they had seen some anecdotal evidence, why not? Let's just make our own skincare product and just try it with, with Amber's skin because we've already tried everything. So why not? And we didn't expect really anything, but lo and behold, after trying the, the product and applying it to her face for just a couple of days, her eczema completely calmed down. And within a week or so, her skin was clear um, and it changed her life. It, she was finally able to just go out into the world, not worrying about her skin anymore. And as her partner, it changed mine because I saw this person regain their confidence and, and desire to go out and live a great life. That was one of the defining moments of um, why we wanted to launch Marin. So Patrick, the product itself helps those with eczema and what other factors? Yeah. So the, the, the ingredients called a glycoprotein found in lobster, and it's really good at hydrating and repairing the skin. So as engineers, we think about it as a platform technology. Hydrating and repairing the skin barrier can service a lot of problems. It can help skin that's prone to eczema and psoriasis where the skin barrier is broken, you lose moisture, inflammation causes irritation, and you can really help calm that down by nourishing and repairing the skin barrier. But it can also help normal everyday things like windburn from skiing, like cracked knuckles or dry hands in the winter, like perioral dermatitis from wearing masks and you know, dry hands from washing your hands too much. So the way we're thinking about this is, you know, what type of company do we want to build and what's the mission? It's to bring relief to as many people as possible. There has accidentally been this amazing natural alternative to topical steroids discovered, and we want it to bring it to everyone that needs it. Can you talk to me a little bit more about how you made this decision to start the business? Yeah, after finding it, help Amber so much that that wasn't my personal defining moment for launching the business. We kind of, we, we scratched her itch and then honestly forgot about it for a little bit. And it wasn't until the last semester of grad school where my dad, who had been through several battles with stage four cancer, passed away on Christmas morning, the last year of grad school for me. 
and I took some time off from school and so did Amber. And we, we just thought about what we wanted to do in this life. And we thought about what's important. And we just had spent a lot of time being there for my dad and being of service to him and just doing little things to help improve his quality of life. And sometimes just being there is, is, is the best thing you can do. So as we thought about that, we, you know, remembered this incredible turnaround that Amber's skin made and thought, you know, if we're going to do anything purposeful with our lives, let's go change the lives of others. And this thing just happened to Amber and we didn't really do anything with it. So let's put our eggs in this basket and go out into the world and bring this to people that need it. So that was really the moment in our lives where we decided we're not going to go out and walk the typical path. So we started to write all of the grants, you know, Libra Future Fund, MTI, pitch competitions, Greenlight Maine, all of these things to get the business off of the ground as we were graduating. I definitely think that our advisors didn't love that because we were still students at the time, moonlighting you know, building the business, but that's, that's how it all started. You said you started to write, you know, applications for grants and, and funding support. Can you tell me a little bit more about the entrepreneurial uh, community and, and how you started making business connections to, as you grew your business? Yeah. Well, we were always the people going to the startup main. We were going to the New England Ocean Cluster events. We were going to the MTI events and the Foster Center, Center events. And everything, you know, the main biz, the Top Gun, we, we participated in all of the things, everything we could possibly, you know, get our hands on to be able to develop ourselves as entrepreneurs and become the type of people we needed to become to, to execute on the vision that we had. So we were fortunate to get support from so many different organizations. And I think it's because we, we just kept showing up and it was difficult to not eventually believe in us because every Every time there was a thing, we just kept showing up and eventually we kind of met everyone, which was really, really important for us because we have a big vision here to, to impact the world and, and impact Maine and, you know, utilize one of our natural resources to create more wealth, more job opportunities and in a better Maine. So it's been really important for us to get to know the, the, the people here that are making important decisions and the people who are mutually invested in changing the world. So that was an important step. So we wrote the grants, did, did the pitch competitions, and we moved from Orno to Portland right at the beginning of COVID, which was a very interesting period. So having no experience in this industry or running a business in general, we were learning as COVID was beginning how to find a manufacturer, how to find a tubing supplier, how to source ingredients, how to create the packaging mock-ups which we initially made on PowerPoint, and then we eventually bought Photoshop, how to upload those and get the packaging produced correctly, how to get things from out of the country through the border into, you know, the U.S. and Maine, and how to, how to legally make the right regulatory claims. All of these things, we developed really first principles in the way that we thought about them and learned everything from the ground up. And then I think that was a really great way to do it because once we started to bring on partners, we knew, we knew how to do this thing. You know, we know how to work with the cosmetic manufacturer. Now we taught ourselves Facebook, Instagram, Pinterest, Google ads. We know how to do those things. Now we know how to manage them. So it was a really interesting learning period to launch a business and not raise capital or a lot of capital during COVID. So we were able to launch the business. We started really getting everything going in, in February, March. 
And then we were launched it in 2020 in October, on October 5th. And it was a, it was an exciting first few days. And, and, you know, we pretty much were trying to pull on every single marketing and advertising and growth lever at once, which was a lot, but it eventually paid off. We had reached a good baseline for organic traffic and revenue. And about a month in, PR started to really pick up for us. We started to tell the main story, the lobster, the natural byproduct and Intel Amber story for people with dry damaged skin, which is 10% of the U.S. And so it all started with an, an article in Bangor Daily News, which led to News Center Maine, New England Cable Network, WABI, and some pretty intense news coverage. So the other defining moment of when we knew what, what really changed our business when we knew this thing had legs was when one week in November, it was a nice calm week. We were continuing to grow slowly. And then the next week after, in one of those days, we grew uh, 54x over that day in the previous week. And watching that happen to our customer service, to our fulfillment, to our revenue, our traffic, to everything. It's like, oh my gosh, this is possible. And we lived in the days of eight, an eight-figure business. And we understood how many inquiries were coming through the door, what type of engagement we needed to be doing on social media, how we would be able to keep up with the orders. And it was like a sneak, sneak peek into our future, but we had to figure out how to get it done then. So we ended up selling out very, very quickly. And that was the time where we turned inward and said, okay, people are repeat purchasing every two weeks, every three weeks. We're getting amazing reviews. We have a kind of ridiculously high positive review rate. This is, this is changing people's lives and started to make the decision around what did we want to do with this business? Do we want to build it kind of like a small mom and pop and just operate it ourselves and grow to the ceiling of our own capacity? Or do we want to grow a business and be a national you know, industry leading player and it was the path of, of building the business. So we went to Luke Holden, our partner at Luke's Lobster, and we said, Luke, thank you so much for letting us collect this byproduct as a result of the processing. We need a lot more. We need to formalize this. We need some QC standard. We need some SOPs. And he was ready to play ball. We're going to stop for a short break and hear a little bit from our sponsors and then We'll be back with Patrick and hear more about his partnership with Luke's Lobster. This is Jennifer Cook of Norway Savings Asset Management Group. Here, we believe in family asset management. Simply put, it means we do right by you and your loved ones. And it's not necessarily the size of the portfolio we care about. It's the story behind it. A story that's unique to you. Let us help you write your next chapter. For more information, visit norwaysavings.bank. Investment products are not FDIC insured, not guaranteed by the bank, and may lose value. I, I don't know that anyone's ever done that before. And combine modern skincare with lobster and mane into a brand that tells this unique story. I'm back with Patrick Breeding, co-founder and CEO of Marin Skincare. And we were just talking with Patrick as he was discussing his relationship with Luke's Lobster. 
when he had to tell Luke Colden that, hey, we're ready to up our game and we're going to need some more of this product. So Patrick, do you want to continue your story here and tell us a little bit more on how you really wanted to ramp up the business even more? Yeah, it was an important time to formalize things and, and get things going and build a real supply chain. And I think because we had many fantastic personal interactions with Luke, where he could really understand where we're coming from, which is a place of passion and purpose. But he also saw us make a lot of decisions, you know, that that flowed in that in that same direction, but were based in logic, intuition and intention as to where we wanted to take the business and how we were going to do it. So that winter, we sold out of product, worked with them and, and his incredible staff, who all have amazing things to say about Luke. It was something that I learned as the type of leader I want to be is the way that people talk about him and his business was really, really impressive. And we built it up as the supply chain. So the lobster industry is out for Q1 and a little bit of Q2, but they come back April, May. And so over that time, we... We worked with lobster processors and were able to get the amount of glycoprotein we needed to get an, another run of inventory going. We relaunched in February of 2021. And again, by March, April, another news story, WMTW, um, the ABC main affiliate, Steve Minnick did a story on us and that got shown in 27 different states. And I think that when you know, you tell the right story to, to an audience, things start to blow up. And again, they did grew incredibly seemingly overnight and had to turn off the marketing funnel again, had to turn off advertising, had to stop doing PR because we ran out of inventory. So all throughout 2021 has been a real learning experience around supply chain and planning for a bit of an unplannable upside. And, you know, just, just trying to make sure we can keep this thing in stock and continue to grow while, you know, growing consciously in the, in the way we want to. So now we're really excited because we've experienced 15, 16 months of business that has been so inventory limited by the cosmetic supply chain. We're really excited to be working with new partners that, again, as we go from we want to make sure we're not building this like self-employed, but like business owners, we're bringing on new members of the team that will, that will make sure we continue to, to grow and, and meet our goals. So you're saying that the, these new partners that you're, you're looking to develop is helping you adapt to this, this growth change? I think they're, they're going to not only help us adapt and, and find all of the right suppliers that we need to have in place, but they're also going to help us execute on what's become part of our larger vision now, which as we've experienced how difficult it is to just find a reliable supplier in this industry, how ripe of an opportunity is to bring cosmetic and personal care product manufacturing to Maine. We're so uniquely positioned here to, like we take natural byproducts and resources from forest and marine sources and turn them into ingredients in cosmetic, skincare, pharmaceutical, and supplement markets, and then manufacture them here. The closest manufacturer we could find was in New Jersey. And people shouldn't have to go if they're in Maine, Vermont, New Hampshire, Massachusetts, Connecticut. They shouldn't have to go that far. I think there's a huge opportunity to bring that to Maine. So I hope that we're able to execute on that vision with this these new partners. And it's something that we're really, really excited and passionate about. 
what does your current business really look like right now? How are people finding out about your product? So we're a hundred percent e-commerce direct to consumer right now. And the reason that's, that's been that way is because we've just been trying to stay in stock. So when we want to work with retailers, we want to be good partners and not have empty shelves. And now that we're bringing on the supply chain management team, we're in a perfect position to start developing new products, new SKU variations, begin to stock in retailers because we know we can meet that demand. And I'm very, very excited about a rebrand we're going through now where all of the branding and marked everything that has been done by us. And now we're able to work with experts like Pulp and Wire that are helping us combine the, the, the modern feel of a skincare brand with the heritage of Maine and the lobster industry and the oceans into a, into a brand that I, I don't know that anyone's ever done that before and combine modern skincare with lobster and Maine into a brand that tells this unique story of the sustainability, the value add of the glycoprotein and tells it on pack. So as we, as we go through this rebrand, we're no longer looking at solely at retailers like a CVS. We're looking at a Whole Foods. We're looking at an LL Bean. We're looking at Target, mass market, Maine for dry, damaged skin. That's so exciting. I think there's a lot of people out there that will be able to use this. So right now, let's recap again. People can order online for the product. You just said CVS. You can also get it at CVS. And so, so far, do you feel that this has really kind of met your expectations, the growth of the business? It has greatly exceeded our expectations. It's hard to go in as a first-time founder doing something and bringing to the world this type of ingredient that hasn't really been brought to the world before. You don't really know what the potential is. You look at the market size and you say 10% of the people in the U.S. have skin prone to eczema, psoriasis, extremely dry skin, dermatitis. That's a giant market. Can we really go in and make a dent in that and, and really start to grab market share? And I think the answer is yes, because that, that industry has seen the same things for the last 30, 40 years. There's not a lot of new stuff coming to the world that actually helps people. So as we've been going out and telling the story through news outlets, you know, going to hundreds of thousands, if not millions of eyeballs, people are responding and people are loving the cream. They're telling their friends and family about it. Without a doubt, this has, this has legs and it's our responsibility as the shepherds just bringing it into the world to do the best job to make sure that we, we execute that in a, on that in a big way. And, you know, we continue to lead the company forward in the most sustainable and ethical direction as possible. So when we think about bringing cosmetic manufacturing to Maine, when we think about stocking with retailers, you know, we have a particular set of characteristics we're looking for in the type of people and organizations that want to fund us. It's, it's mission driven, it's mission aligned, it's purpose and passion aligned. That's very, very important to us. So we're excited to find the right groups, hopefully in Maine, that will get behind this and make this a reality. We're going to take a short break and we'll be back with Patrick from Marin Skincare. Maine Biz is Maine's business news source in print, online, and in person. We inform, engage, and connect you to the business community throughout Maine. Subscribe to Maine Biz products today at mainebiz.biz. 
I would go out into the into my entrepreneurial adventure asking, how should I do this? What's the right way to do this? And the reality is there's no there's no answer. Patrick, welcome back. It is fabulous to be hearing about your story, uh, about your growth. And so can you talk a little bit about the demand you've been seeing? You can- we have grown astronomically and it's exciting to be at a point where we can meet that demand. We've often turned off the ads and the marketing. It is excellent sounding, but in the grand scheme of things, you know, it would be really fortunate to be able to stay in stock. So you know, as we're, as we're bringing on new partners, it's going to be really exciting to now focus on growth and focus on wholesale accounts, focus on building a marketing team to really grow e-com, the direct-to-consumer business. So I'm very excited to be able to finally build the team, you know, bring on a VP of marketing, bring on a digital marketing assistant, bring on a content marketer so that we can continue to tell stories at scale and find people that can really get behind the mission of what we're doing and, and, and why we're doing it and who we're trying to serve and come work at a skincare company in the, in the Portland area that's on a crazy growth trajectory. We just need to find the right people to come in here and keep doing the thing with us. Patrick, can you tell us a little bit about what you have learned along the way here in this experience? Two, two themes come to mind. One, from a very simple standpoint, is the importance of product market fit in a business. And, and if there was one thing to focus on in a business, in any business, it's product market fit. All of the little things, and I'm not saying they're little things, but the systems, the accounting, the structure, everything is in service of product market fit, which delivers an amazing experience. If that's not there, why are we building businesses to not deliver amazing experiences? The other thing that comes to mind, which I think would resonate with younger, maybe any age of entrepreneur, is that the most useful thing I have developed in my career is thinking with first principles. So as I was going through school and in academia particularly, there's always a way that something should be done. So I would go out into, the, into my entrepreneurial adventure asking, how, how should I do this? What's the right way to do this? And the reality is there's no, there's no answer. And it's why I keep going back to stressing that, that we and others should make decisions based on logic, intuition, and intention. What's the purpose? What do you want and where, where do you want it to go? Well, it makes sense. What, what feels right and what, what quantitatively and qualitatively makes sense. So when we stopped asking how should we do this and we started asking how can we do this and we focused on the what, not the how, we became very flexible to all of the different ways that you can do everything. You can build this business. You can exist as people in this business. You could serve the audience, you know, so being very, very clear about the what and the why, but not the how, because every week for us, something changes. You know, oh, we're going to go manufacture a few thousand products. And what happened? You, you dropped it. It's gone. Oh, no. <laughs> what are we going to do? Well, let's figure out a solution. Let's not just sit up, sit and meander and stress out about it. It already happened. We need to move forward and it's OK. We know where we're going to go. We just need to make everything align in service of that. So I think that's really important when it comes to how we want to build this business. And I think what's 
not unique to us, but what's important to us is that we recognize the health and um, mental capacity and space of us as individual people working all the time to make this thing happen. It just so happens that the optimal output for us, it's not 80 hours a week. It's not 30, maybe not 40, maybe it's somewhere between 50 and 16, maybe some weeks it's 40, but it's not a crazy amount that takes away from our own quality of life. And I think if we're a company that's really trying to bring relief in a changing quality of life to people out there, that, that same respect and in, in desire to, to have a great quality of life needs to start with us and our team and our employees. So I hope to really cement that culture in, in, a, in a workplace that caters to everyone's individual needs, but also only attracts people that are very, very passionate and serious about working hard and efficiently to grow something that's changing the world isn't here to mess around and, you know, in return, respect that everyone needs to work remote for a day, sometimes coming at a different time. I really like a core value that I think last week in a meeting we just revealed is called do your laundry. And we were talking with a mentor about how she has time as a really busy, pretty much executive in LA managing a media company. How does she have time to go for a jog in the morning? And she was saying, you just got to, you just got to make time to do your laundry. And I really, really like that. And, you know, making things flexible for people to show up in their optimal selves, like as they need to, and everyone's a little bit different. So I think those core values that we develop, like do your laundry, will you know, we'll want to align ourselves with retailers that respect that too. Think about first principles. There's no one way to build a company. So what type of company do we want to build? What type of products do we want to build? What type of impact do we want to have in the world? And knowing the what and the why and how it unfolds is through our own intention, you know, and logic and intuition and what we feel is right. Do you have any advice for our listeners or other entrepreneurs out there that may be just starting out? I think if you can develop first principles and think about and use that to navigate to where you want to go, it, it will, it'll pretty much solve everything for you. So there's no, there's no Facebook ad and marketing tactic or super catchy email subject to get in a publicist's inbox that I have, you know, but, but if, if you know, if you know where you're going, you can, you can devise the how to get there. If you are not clear about where you're going, every little shiny object and distraction will look like a how, and you'll just be running in place. And I've, I've, I've said it so many times before, but it's so impactful because I think as you're a young entrepreneur, still developing your worldview and developing yourself and in, in how you want to build a business, there's a lot of things that come into play and distract you. And I think if you can just stay focused on what's important, even it's just writing down your goals on a piece of paper or your vision on a piece of paper and looking at it regularly, it will it will really, really direct your energy and your, your intentions. This has been a production of MainBiz. Find out more about this podcast and other MainBiz media products at mainbiz.biz. The Day That Changed Everything is sponsored by Norway Savings Bank and Maine Technology Institute, or MTI. The MainBiz podcast team includes Renee Cordes, Will Hall, Allison Nason, and Andrea Tetzlaff. Audio editor and producer is Chris Sedanka. Logo and marketing design by Matt Selva. 
subscribe to the Main Biz Podcast at mainbiz.biz or via iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Copyright 2022.